The Chris Letang contract is getting close. I reported this exclusively yesterday for DK Pittsburgh Sports, shared it on social media, got some people excited, even though I didn't ask anyone to get excited or offer really any details. It's getting close, and it can come soon enough. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. The NHL draft begins tomorrow in Montreal. I'll be flying up there later today. Looking forward to a couple of days of being back on the draft floor, back where the action is, not this virtual stuff, back to seeing the GMs answer the phones or walk over to another team's table. This stuff is fun. It really is. But, but, as I've been saying for a while now, it's not going to be any fun if Latang is seen as being available because, in turn, Evgeny Malkin will be seen that way, Ricard Raquel will be seen that way. It's going to be a mess, and you're going to see a table, the Pittsburgh table, appear to be a mess. Nobody wants that. Nobody benefits from it, except potentially some of the other 31 teams. Once more, with gusto, get this done. What I was told yesterday by a source was that the Penguins and Letang are close. They are close enough, this source told me, that the dollars really are in a column where they shouldn't be preventing any type of deal from proceeding. I was further told by this source that the most likely term for it would be three years. Now, I know there's been some different numbers that have been thrown about, and I vividly recall shortly after the season that Latang himself talked about how he'd like to play, you know, at least another five years and how that sounded different from what was heard from Sidney Crosby and Malkin. Well, take any of that stuff as you want. But my feeling has always been that three years makes the most sense across the board. Why? Because of something that Hextall had told me last November in Toronto that I've shared with listeners here many times. And that's that he sees everything aligning with the remainder of Sid's contract, which of course has another three years. Why would the Penguins commit to any one of the three longer than Sid, when Sid is seen as kind of like the finish line for the singular pursuit of cups versus trying to build with youth or whatever. Sid's contract is seen that way by management. Regardless of what the rest of us think, that's the way management sees it. And as such, it would surprise me and always has surprised me that anyone brings up Latang's contract or Malkin's contract would go longer than Sid's. I don't believe that they will. Now, things obviously could change. That's why it's called a negotiation. They can go back and forth. They can try to stretch out Latang's average annual value and lower his salary by giving him additional years. 
and maybe give themselves a break in the short term on the cap. Or they could say, listen, we're just not going to do this longer than three years and we'll bite whatever bullet we have to right now to make sure that we don't commit longer to that. Again, what I heard is that it's the latter. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. So here's what's funny. When you look at the Penguins' overall cap situation, and you say, all right, well, they've gone from $23 million down to this amount after Jeff Carter, this amount after Brian Rust, and now, just yesterday, another couple million in bringing back Casey DeSmith, and you can look at that figure and say, well, that's just like, I don't know, $12, 15000000 million. How are you going to pull this off? How are you going to keep Malkin? How are you going to sign other players that you need to sign to fill out your roster? And we can just casually dismiss guys like Evan Rodriguez and Danton Heinen. But if Rodriguez or Heinen doesn't come back, somebody still has to be paid to take their spot in the lineup. You know, you can't just play shorthanded all year long. That, to me, is the great unspoken in this whole situation. Because no one anywhere is mentioning that there can still be trades made by the Penguins for the express purpose of creating cap space. And of course I'm talking about the defensemen again. Of course I am. I'm talking about John Marino. I'm talking about Marcus Pedersen, probably Pedersen more than anybody. And take this from someone who really likes Pedersen and his play and don't really have a problem with Marino either. But I'm talking about cap space. I'm talking about an imbalance of cap space. Too much is spent on the blue line, not enough up front. And that's got to change. Why hasn't it changed yet? My feeling is that Hextall and Brian Burke are using it, using it as part of their negotiations simultaneously with both Latang and Malkin. My belief is that once Latang is signed, you're going to see things fall. First will be Gino. Once you have those two figured out, that is when you can use your resources and your time at the draft. And remember, the Penguins don't have a second or a third round pick, so they got all kinds of time to kill on the Friday session. They can walk about that floor and find someone to take a defenseman, not Latang, not Latang. Find someone to take Marino and or Pedersen. Clear that space out. Bring back Raquel. Sign Jari to an extension. Find or bring back certain role players that fit with the Mike Sullivan system. But make the defense work with what's left. Because 
I believe that even if those guys like a Mark Friedman or a P.O. Joseph aren't necessarily an instant match for Marino or Pedersen, they can get there or they can be close enough. But you got to clear the space out. That's not going to happen until this main event of a contract gets done first. Ideally, today. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Ted, who asks, why a raise for an injury-prone average backup goaltender? And why before Latang and or Malkin get signed? Along with Carter's in-season extension, that's $5 million that got committed before the two key guys are signed. Big overpay. Ted, of course, is talking about DeSmith's contract that I referenced earlier. And actually, Ted, to correct you at least a little bit, remember that Rust also got paid before Latang and Malkin. So there was a lot of money that's been put forth before the main guy, 58, gets signed. But to take DeSmith independently, uh, I'm on the record as saying that I'd have no problem if he came back. I'm not overjoyed about it. I still want to see a strong number three brought in in some form, principally because of DeSmith's injuries, but also because of his inconsistencies. Let's face it, his past couple of seasons have had a virtually identical pattern. He struggled early, and not just a little bit, but for a couple of months where you wonder what he's even doing in the NHL. Then he figures it out. Then he gets really good. Then you wonder if maybe he'd even push the main guy. And then he gets hurt. Then he gets hurt. That's what happened. Both years and both years, it proved to be really, really a big deal. Because he was needed to come in in that series against the Islanders and be at least a tourniquet. And he wasn't there. There was some other dude sitting on a folding chair whose name I keep forgetting. And then after I do that, I get a whole bunch of replies from people like, oh, it was this guy. and Oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. And in this past playoff, of course, he goes out there, plays pretty well. In game one against the Rangers, gets the Penguins into double overtime, gets hurt and is lost for the playoffs. Louis Domingue comes in, finishes off game one, and wins. But then Louis, you know, coach turned into a pumpkin in a hurry. And once again, there was nowhere to turn. So it's it's not ideal. Now, at the same time, you're talking about the raise that DeSmith got. That's what you get by being in the league over a sustained period of time. DeSmith had a 914 save percentage this past season that ranked 18th in the entire NHL. That's pretty good. And if you look at what other teams were spending on their backups, this is about the going rate. Goaltending is not like any other job in hockey. There's only 64 of these gainfully employed at any given time. It's pretty rare air for an occupation. And he's not bad at it. 
He's also not expensive, and he's also not someone who's ever going to cause trouble. He's a model citizen with the Penguins. He's a model partner for Tristan Jari. And do I mind the order of it? I can see where the public would. Is everybody sitting right now waiting for the Latang contract to get done? And I, I, I get that. So when something else comes along, it's like, really? Really? This is what you were working on? No, they, they weren't prioritizing to Smith over Latang any more than they were with Carter or, for that matter, Rust. We're just certain guys that they felt confident that they could get, that they have to get at some point anyway, and didn't want to allow to slip into unrestricted free agency. So as much as the Carter contract in particular looks unappealing because of how he visibly slowed down as the season wore on and into the playoffs, I definitely uh, give a pass here to Hextall for the timing of the Rust and DeSmith contracts. They're not really material to this, but the main reason they're not material it's because of what I mentioned earlier. He could be doing these deals in any order, in almost any order, I should say. And the reason he isn't acting on those defensemen is because he knows he needs that to keep the prices down on both Latang and Malkin. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. Again, I'm flying up to Montreal today. The rest of the daily shots for the week will be coming from up there in Quebec. Looking forward to sharing those with you.